about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Remember when, remember when Sway from MTV used to say that? Sway, the correspondent? I do remember that. <laughs> what a way to start off this episode of Worst Gig Ever. Hey, I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. This is the show where we get musicians and comedians and entertainers of all stripes to sit with us and talk about some of their worst gigs and all of the shit that they go through to do this stuff that they love. Get into the real nitty gritty of it all with And them. this week, we do not have Sway in the studio, but we do have Freddie Cretian, who you may know as Freddie Madball of the band Madball, the famed New York hardcore band Madball. Freddie graced us with his presence and. Couldn't have been a nicer oh guy. Oh my God. I, you great know. conversation, great stories. Oh, this, you can just listen to this guy talk. And I, you should in this podcast because <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's the point. If, if you're even remotely interested in New York hardcore or the struggle, the or struggle of band, like it doesn't even have to be it, hardcore bands that bands that are touring on a smaller level and a bigger level, like you know, all different levels. A lot of levels. Here. We we get into these levels with Freddie. Yeah, this was fascinating. It was great because it's always great when we have someone whose work we admired come into the studio and exactly. uh, punch us in the face. So <laughs> Freddie did not do that. Verbally, he did with his amazing stories, I yes. would say. And if you like his amazing stories, you're going to love some of our other amazing stories, Segway. which are all available in podcast form from worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, on Facebook. We're all over the web. Worstgigever at gmail.com. If you want to send us episode suggestions, any yeah. comments. Any uh, guests you want to hear on the show, email us. You can tweet at us, at Mikey Pace, at G Garlock. We even have at worstgigever. .com. We've got say. it all. There's no dot .com. Don't do the dot .com. You'll be surely disappointed. Yeah. So th- this is this this is exciting. We are into it. <laughs> we <laughs> and we hope you're into it too. So go ahead and listen to Freddie. And we love you, baby. <laughs> Nags Head, horrible. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Nags Head, I love you, but it was like a glorified rehearsal. And we ended up, I, I, I want to say we played in our flip-flops. That's how bad it was. <laughs> like, we didn't even, like, suit up. Like, we didn't even put our sneakers on. Like, it was just like, we're just going to just go through the song. So the shorts, but with the flip-flops. Shorts with the flip-flops, and we're just like, whatever, you know? Right. And just going to go through the songs. The guy still wants us to play. I mean, he's going to pay us part of the, you know, Guaranteed, right, right, just for showing up, right. So let's give him a show. So, maybe were a couple the bands pe- there. there. Maybe was a couple of band people there. Yeah. I remember seeing like one of our dudes that were like in part of our crew, like roadie guy, that guy that was always with us, Bundy. He's like in front watching, right. right <laughs> There's like right. five people at right. most, but like <laughs> right. everyone that worked there and like you know what yeah. I mean. Like it was just like terrible, man. When you're when horrific. you're when you find yourself 
in that situation where there's just like there aren't a whole lot of people. Yeah. I mean, what's the, the ratio of times where you're like, well, let's just give it that 110% yeah. or <sighs> fuck this and you go through the motions. All right? It doesn't seem like you, you're a guy that goes through the motions. No, right? no. I, I, you know, the, our music, you know, you got to feel it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, 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 you know, the type of music it is. It's, it's, you have to feel, it's any music. I shouldn't even just say, I shouldn't say hardcore. It's, it's pretty much any music you do. It's like, right. you're supposed to feel it. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to just like, okay, well, at this at this point in time, I'm going to do a jump and like, it shouldn't be so calculated and like, you know, rehearse, not to say that you shouldn't rehearse sure. or try yeah. to, you know, sure. sound good, but I don't know for or me personally, for me personally, guys that, yeah. that's like, I, when I, I just saw Nine Inch Nails and I was like, they probably have every little bit planned out, Yeah, yeah, but right, it worked right, right. out pretty well. <laughs> right. For some people, yeah. it works for some people. Yeah. I'm just, we're, you know, our, my whole thing was just like, you know, as soon as the first chord rings out, you just kind of you know, give yourself to the vibe of what's right. going on. So, so Nags you had know, North Carolina. That's a very hard scenario. That's you a know, hard situation to do that. Can I, you I, still do the jumps and the flip-flops, though, was the question. Come, maybe some smaller ones. <laughs> Little mini jumps. Right. Do you remember uh, if it was the type of uh, venue where there was a stage or were you playing yeah, kind of Little corner the- stage. Crappy little corner stage. Was where, there a window behind, like the front window? No front no, window. Okay. No, front, uh, that would have been perfect. Though. That would have been perfect. Right. Or like Cincinnati. a cage yeah. or something, like a fence or something. Yeah, that would have yeah. been great. But no, that wasn't that that type of stage. But it was definitely small, kind of place where they probably had a guy come in with a guitar and like you know on Open Saturdays and Sundays, kind of yeah. and, you know, do acoustic sets <laughs> right. or something like that. You know what I mean? So it was completely like, inappropriate, yeah, kind completely of from, inappropriate. from from the, out of line, yeah. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but you guys pulled it. You guys pulled it together, which is yeah. Uh, well, we did our set, yeah. you know, and you know, we we did right by the guy, and I guess you know he did right by us because there was a partial payment made, and right. That's it. We've never been back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is the <laughs> smart move. Um, at at uh, at this time, like the mid nineties, like yeah. what's what's the touring setup? Is it you guys just in a van, just yeah. kind of slugging it out? Yep, yep. Um, we were probably. I'm trying to remember if we had a trailer or we just were crammed in a van with like all our stuff in the van. I um, always felt stressed about a trailer. Yeah, Personally, tra- like, trailers like, can I don't be stressful. Yeah, yeah. Like, we never did yeah. a trailer. Yeah, it yeah. just always stressed me out way too much. Yeah, like. Yeah. It just felt like it was always a little too shaky. <laughs> yeah. I didn't trust any of us to be putting it out but, right. You know, we, we don't, you know, my guys, you know, they need some room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a bunch of little Oh, yeah, guys. you are. So it's, it's, I was in a little yeah. skinny band. Yeah, you guys right. have got some big guys. Yeah, you know? They're going to make Hoya, like, squeeze it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In those, gonna, gonna, you know. In those early days, especially, you know, for again, for people that don't know that, like, you know, when you're when you're doing it kind of on a DIY level, you're kind of, you're literally doing a lot of it yourself. And like, you know, we always drove, we never had like a tour manager Mm -hmm. in those early shows. Was it just mad ball driving themselves around? Or do you guys always have someone kind of a little bit of both? We always brought someone along to help out. Mm -hmm. Um, I always did a lot of driving still do. Yeah. We always had like one of our boys or two, two, two or three of our guys that would like, one guy would, you know, be the driver slash TM, I guess you can say. Yeah. yeah. Um, For the listener, that would be a tour manager. Yeah, tour manager. <laughs> and one of our boys would sell merch. You yeah. know, one guy would tech and like he wouldn't know what he's doing, but you, <laughs> teach, him, you teach him along the way. Right. <laughs> we try to help our friends out and also like, you know, 
you know, take a f- breath of fresh air with us, man. Yeah, take yeah. a ride. And, you know, let's go see the not the same the dudes. Yeah, <laughs> staring at after a while. Yeah. You need someone there. Yeah. So, so in those early um, U.S. tours, I mean, I'm assuming you would kind of do the whole country, right? Yeah, we would do extensive tours back, in the, and especially in that time. You know what I mean? When it was like the Roadrunner days, like mm-hmm. they yeah. didn't, you know. They didn't believe in like one week tours or like two right. week tours, which is how we do things now. You know, we'll do, you know, 10 days, right. 15 course, shows, yeah. you know, we'll do like civilized kind of touring. <laughs> yeah. Back then it was like, get your ass on the road and like, we'll see you in a month and a half yeah. or two months. And you some know? absurd drive. Like you'd have to do like a 12 hour drive one Ridiculous. night. Oh yeah. Cause especially if you were doing, you know, around the Roadrunner days, I would yeah. guess like, you know, were there tours where. You know, you were opening up for the headlining band who were in a bus, yeah, and then that, you're that, doing the van so that, like, you know, it's a it's fine for them to do the 18 hour drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're in a bus. The van yeah. sucks. Yeah, we're, we're, we're you know we got to bite it. Yeah. For us, it's weird because we actually didn't get as many of those as many of those gigs as we wish we would have gotten. Mm-hmm. Like the like to be able to open up for some of the bigger bands that right. were even on Roadrun at that time. Right. Maybe in in Europe it happened a little more. But in the States, we never really got a break like that to, like, get on, like, a really cool tour. Right. We always kind of just had to rough it on our own. Right. People were either, uh, I don't know, maybe we didn't have enough of a foundation yet, or people were intimidated by us. Right. Sure. And that could mean a lot in a lot of ways. I don't know, you know, <laughs> right. uh, personally, like, appearance-wise or stage. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, fear of like certain like tour managers and bookers of like you know even with metal and hardcore kind of mixing but like you know not wanting like well they're little maybe too much hardcore yeah. like you know it's in not fairness to, in fairness to to you know to the people that were running the show at the time you know like you said the booking age and all mm-hmm. that yeah we did we had sort of a uh an infamous reputation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you know i can't totally sure, blame sure. everyone. Well, no, I mean, I can speak to that, you know, growing up on Long Island and being into punk and hardcore and going to shows at VFW halls yeah. and stuff and it being, um, really seeing how, you know, kind of do-it-yourself stuff works firsthand. I know that, you know, it's almost kind of like along with the first time you hear ma- a band, a Madball specifically, you're hearing stories about Madball as well. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. Th- so it's kind of the thing where... The, the reputation sort of precedes you. Right. So, and especially back then, and this I think ties into touring in the Roadrunner days in the mid 90s before the internet was ubiquitous, before like, um, you know, when stuff was still really regional. Oh, yeah, we didn't even have the a fact cell phone. You, you <laughs> guys, yeah. Yeah, the fact that you guys were from the city and yeah. we were on Long Island, you know, it was like, all these guys from the city are coming, you know, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck shit on. Like, right. Like, well, because again, it was very, it was very, uh, it was distinct. Like it was like, yes. you know, there was uh, like Connecticut was this and New York was it. But the city was different than Strong yeah. Island, which was different than Long Island. Sure, like, sure. like it really was Queens. so regional. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah exactly. Yeah, Brooklyn, and know? would you find yourselves on these, like the Roadrunner tours playing in, you know, the Midwest or Absolutely. in like Montana or some shit like that? And it being... um as opposed to now where, you know, stuff is kind of pervasive and, and you know, there's still like subgenres, but kind of hardcore sort of sounds like this. You right. Know, whatever. Like you, you know, maybe play in like Utah or something and like, this is weird or, you know, yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. Or this opening definitely band. Culture, definitely totally, a culture yeah. shock for right. sure. Yeah. You know, you, you know, early on, you know, 
you discover that, you know what I'm saying, anywhere you go. You know right. what I mean? In the States, right. you know, yeah, you find yourself in the middle of America and it's yeah. definitely weird. It's definitely yeah. a different vibe than, you know, where we're from. And then you wonder if people are going to even be able to relate to the music, you right. know, because it's very influenced by where we're from. Yeah. Even though it's not just for the people in our area, course, you know, yeah. right. I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to and obviously people have. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a weird, it's just a weird feeling first time going through there. Like now, now, like you said, people have exposure with the internet. Mm -hmm. You can check out, you know, bands from New York. You can right, even get right. pick up on like, you know, what the vibe is there right. and it's not so foreign, you know right. what I mean? But yeah. early on when you first, you know, hit these places, it's, it's, it's an interesting, but, but then sometimes you'll find people that totally get it and they're yeah. in the middle of nowhere and yeah. they totally get it. Right. Totally pick up on the vibe totally get the lyrics get the you know everything about what what it is we do and that's right. kind of cool too you know it's like man you're all the way over here and you get it right well cool. also can you speak because i was thinking you know before i was coming over here like especially at that time when everything was a little bit more regional like did it feel odd to you let's say 96 97 basically i'm picturing my old band orca was on tour in europe we were playing some big festival there's some like band from like belgium yeah who are doing the New York hardcore style. Yeah. And I remember just we were just sitting there just like marveling at it because I was like, well, I grew up in Connecticut, so I like kind of grew up with that stuff. But you've got like these guys from Belgium and they were like, it was this weird appropriation of it that yeah, yeah, yeah. was a little off where like the bass players wearing like like overalls and like a cowboy hat, but then the singer but, but had, had like on. a had a jersey on. <laughs> And then he's like in between, like going, oh, "This one's to all my bitches." Yeah, this oh one's called God. the money shot. And I remember distinctly <laughs> wow. picturing that, like that line has never left me because I was like, everything sounds wrong about it because oh. it's nothing about their culture. Like it's a different culture. Like if they were talking about the streets of Belgium, right, 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 right. But like, did that ever feel odd to you? Like it was like you're watching a little bit of a weird like civil war reenactment, but in another country. <laughs> I mean, look stylistically, like. New York hardcore, and I'm not saying Madball specifically. I'm just saying in general, right? As a as a subgenre, whatever subculture. It, it, I mean, you guys know it. It's influenced a lot of people, right? So, and, and 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 you know, that's what happens with any with any movement like that. Right. You know what I mean? Punk rock. Every you know you, you know you you're bound to influence people, and and that's cool. Um, it does get weird when you start to lose the authenticity of things, right? Right. You know, and the sincerity of things is like it's like you said. It's like we always, you know, whether people liked it or not, and still to this day, uh, whether people like it or not, it, it, we were always honest. Right. You know what I mean? Hey, you like us? You don't like? It's not. Mm -hmm. We're not your cup of tea. Whatever it is, you can't take that away from us. Right. We're honest. Right. The yeah. stories we tell are something we've experienced. Right. You know, personally or have been very close to. So it's like. You got to give us that much. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, yes, it is weird when yeah. people are sort of, you know, fantasizing about a certain life. But it's got to be right. flattering. Speaking, too, it is very flattering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean yeah. about the stylistically speaking. Sure. Like, it is flattering to know that somehow our scene influenced a whole, a whole right. entire scene in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fact. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with it for yeah. a while. There was that brief period where I was obsessed with European straight edge youth yeah. crew stuff. And they have their own styles yeah. too. They, you know, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Europe. Sure, like, sure. They don't have their own brand of you know hardcore. Like yeah. they've over the years have figured out you know they have their own sound as well. 
But yeah, lyrically speaking, it can get funny when people <laughs> yeah. are, are, are saying things that they shouldn't right. be saying or like it's out of right. context. They're yeah. like writing yeah. in like Rick to life like yeah. speak, yeah. but yeah. and like they've grown up in Holland. Yeah, like, I yeah. think it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting though, talking about that and talking about how nowadays, you know, the idea of, of uh, like a regional sound isn't as pervasive as it yeah. once was, yeah. but... I was thinking about this, like New York hardcore as a sound is a totally regional thing Absolutely. that is still totally influential. And I mean, yeah. you could you can you know nitpick and say that well you know this this uh, city had this kind of sound, but New York the, the New York sound specifically is something I can't off the top of my head think of something that has been as influential that you could say oh yeah that band definitely at least sounds like they're from New York. Yeah, and different generations as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it had a distinct sound in the 80s, and each band that was influential in the 80s had a unique sound. Yeah. Right. But it was still all New York somehow. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? The grittiness, the stories, whatever. You know, the social stuff. And then every generation, I feel, it was the same way. Right. Like you had the 80s era, then you had the 90s era. So many different kind of bands yeah. in the '90s that sounded completely different from one yeah. another, but they were all distinct, distinctly yeah. New York. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. cool, you know. It's like, uh, you know, and I'm not just saying that because I rep New York. You know, I rep this scene, but right. I mean, it, it is it is an interesting. Well, there was something thing to, interesting to, of like a band, like I think of like Into Another, right? Like even with like they sounded nothing like anything that's going on, but they yeah. still somehow felt like they were from New mm. York. Well, yeah, and it's because like, Richie, it like, Richie. Oh, yeah. Underdog connection, yeah. and they weren't hardcore no. into another. You know, great, great band though. I mean, I loved a lot of into another songs, mm -hmm. and I, I could remember going to an into another show at Wetlands just for like, yeah, let's go to that show, cause, right? You know, it's going on. Yeah, you know, it's going happened. on. Yeah, there actually was you know? like kind of a, a, a sense of community at that time that seemed like, especially for someone you know, my it would be in my like you know my teenage years right. at the time that it seemed like a very big deal, yeah. and that you weren't. Uh, necessarily kind of close-minded to that's the weird part because yeah, you we would, think it would be yeah I, I almost feel like the like stereotype is like oh it'd be more close-minded but like actually like yeah. the type of music that a lot of like new york hardcore got like like that it ended up in like maybe even more open-minded than i might have been at i was at 16 yeah. where i was like now nah, i decided this is the type of music i like so this is what i listen to no it's true and i and i think you know, people were open mind. I mean, obviously there was connect like with bands like you know another bands like that, right. like post hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, that's a weird post hardcore is like yes. a weird thing. It's like <laughs> right. why like hardcore is dead? So there's right. post hardcore here, and it's, like, it's just it's different. It's just different. It's rock. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a music like? critic yeah, term. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. But uh, you know, people did support people that were connected to the scene, right? And that is an open-minded mentality, you know. And and then people were even, you know, uh, into the music. Like yeah. like I said, I went to that into another show, and I were I, I didn't like have all their stuff. Like, but I was like, oh, it's it's you know Richie from Underdog. It's just this project, and like yeah. we went there, and people were going crazy. It was right. Like one of the hardest dance floors I'd seen in years. <laughs> and I'm like, adding into another show. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm like this is pretty cool, and they had like catchy riffs that just like. 
moved you. And right. There's something exciting. So I give him credit. Yeah. You know, yeah. For, there's something exciting for like a, when you first start for me, you know, in like the mid nineties, when I first started going to shows, yeah. didn't even necessarily matter how much I loved. I remember looking at the village voice at the library in Syosset, all along Island. Like yeah. when I first started going to shows at the Academy and stuff and seeing like, just like who was playing that I can go and just, just to go. Yeah. And I remember, I, I, I vividly remember sick of it all was playing a show and it wasn't like I, even was that familiar with them, but I knew right. that there's a rep like this will be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, then I didn't go to the show. But the idea <laughs> the idea was that like you just go because it was exciting. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And what you were speaking to earlier, this idea, I think that Madball specifically is is a good example of like, you know, your agnostic front, your brother's band in the eighties kind of uh uh typified like a New York sound, you know, sure. in the production and just yeah. like everything yeah. Yeah, you I think know, they roughly, melded all the different yeah. elements that that made New York what it is. You right. know, is the punk yeah. aspect, the metal aspect. You know, they kind of did the right yes. uh, concoction of. But all also that. at a time where, like, you know, production like technique wasn't where it was when you guys started recording your full length albums. You know, yeah. that are you know that are sounding different and you know sure. they sound fuller. And, you know, it's yeah, a different, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more of a groove element to what you guys were doing, and I think that it's kind of a. Kind of interesting that, you know, it, I mean, talk about the uh, first family of New York hardcore. I think <laughs> I don't think anyone would argue that you are in that, you know, I mean, more or less, literally. It, it, it's cool. <laughs> Obviously, the connect, you know, that connection is what got me involved in this whole thing. But um, um, I was happy. I am. I'm, I'm happy that we're, we were able to, like, you know, interpret it in our own way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because we were in the shadows of AF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, we still are in some ways. Like, so you're Roger's little brother, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and I have no problem with that, right. obviously. I love my brother, and, and he, you know, he taught me a lot, you know, in general, and obviously brought me into the scene. But uh, um, we sort of organically sounded, you know, ended up sounding the way we sound, and I'm happy about that. You know, right. it's not like... uh. It kind of started as like, hey, you know, the guys from AF with uh, Roger's little brother singing this right. fun project right. with these throwaway AF songs. Right, right. <laughs> um, that's Ball of Destruction. And, right. and, you know, and and obviously from the beginning it was different just because I was, there's a 12-year-old kid singing these songs. So that in sure. itself is different. But uh, th those songs were, you know, AF songs, let's be honest. But after that. When other people started coming into the fold, you know, Matt Henderson and like Hoya, mm -hmm. you know, I think it just brought, you know, it just became its own thing. Yeah. You know. And, I mean, and, Set It Off certainly has a marked difference. Just, like, I mean, even your vocals, like I was listening to it yesterday. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot that these are like really brutal. Like, but like <laughs> brutal in like a specific way. Like I was like, they, they like there's a... Especially on that record, there's a certain like raspiness that's oh, yeah. like that is it's uh, called an experience, right? <laughs> but in which is like a lot of times as of being the best, just because it, it ended up giving it almost like a Max Cavalleris or like more of like that metal edge that like it, it was not as much of that. Like there's still that bark, but there was that like I was like, oh yeah, that's why it also makes sense they were on Roadrunner, like you know, yeah. like because the vocals do have this like extra brutalness that's yeah. different than just like kind of. New York hardcore, you know, yeah, like, you got you, you came into your own. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. I mean, and you know, I wasn't. You know, my brother has a distinct sounding voice. Sure. He's, you know, you can. You know, and he's had different kind of styles and sounds on different records. Yeah. 
but I never, you know, my, I have a different voice and like, I never was like, I'm going to try to do what he, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of came or did not, I did what came natural to me. Right. But like dropping many suckers by the second seven inch, like, I don't know. I just had, that's when I started to right. see the first one. I was a little kid, so I could only, right. whatever, whatever I was able to put out was what was well, going to come out. That's the crazy thing that people, yelling little kid. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing people don't take account sometimes with like hardcore vocals is like, you know, it's a young man's game yeah, a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. So you've got singers who are going through the changes exactly. of life. Exactly. Like when I first Precisely. started my first hardcore band, the reason I started is because my skinhead friend, like I would just do an impression of Hold Your Ground uh-huh. in my hallways to be obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when like Siv's voice was cracking because he's like going through puberty. Absolutely. Because I was going through puberty. So I'd go like, Hold Your Ground. And everyone just thought it was funny, but they're like, hey, you should scream in a band. But then like, all of a sudden, I was, you know, quote unquote, becoming a man. And I was like, oh, wait, I can't even do that anymore. Yeah, My yeah. vocal cords are already fucked. So it's like every single time I would do like a new record of whatever band it was in, I was like, well, my voice has changed and I fucked it up by screaming yeah, yeah. nonstop as a 17 year old. So yeah, it's kind of like it's out of your control a little bit, especially yeah. like, you know, I guess like, like singing, singing straight is obviously hard in the vocal cords, but you know, I mean, as a person who loves screaming and people don't understand like the art that goes into it, but it, yeah, it affects your voice in such a f- crazy way. Oh yeah. Here, here's oh, just yeah. a kind of, and a, it was such a gap between, I don't mean to cut yeah, you off. Yeah, it was yeah. such a gap between that first seven inch and the second one. Right. Right. And I was like 12 going on 13 and then I'm like 16 step going on 17. The exact point when your body's like, yeah, you know like, what? You should sound like I, a dude. I, now. I'm not going to sound like I did when I was yeah, 12. Exactly. And, and my voice is still changing at 16. Right. So it's like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to sound like, right. but I was just like, hey, I'm just going to go deep and right. yell. And, it's the gamble. It's you know, the gamble yeah. of like, will I? Will my voice sound normal? I was in the like negative approach and man, like I will say, like I got to give props to like certain right. things that I got influenced by in that second seven inch, and it's like bands like Negative Approach, which were more like deeper, raspier, yeah, yeah. Kinda, you know what I mean? There's a like, harsher, like there's a harsher a, thing like, to it. Intensity. I mean, Negative Approach. Still, you listen, yeah. you're just like, this is the craziest like band yeah. in the world. Well, the, here, this yeah. is the question that's yeah, gonna, like uh, just pertaining to this logistically. I love logistics. <laughs> did you ever at any point take a vocal lesson to like learn how to do a prop? Absolutely never not. Never did the artist scream at woman. That that that's <laughs> funny you should mention that. I never did. Yeah. Okay. And as a matter of fact, the only lesson I ever took was the one that's documented on that Art of Zen, the oh, okay. Art of Screaming. Yeah, yeah, Zen of, yeah. Zen of Screaming. Wait, right? Oh, yeah, I have For that. the listener, what uh, explain What was that. her name? Melissa Cross. Melissa Cross. Yeah, she's a lovely woman. Yeah. She's a lovely woman and, and very, and very like, skilled in what she does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not taking anything away yeah. from her at all. I know people that have gone to her for years. The thing was, I'm and just she's not a from a teacher for extreme, yeah, extreme, metal, extreme, screaming. Extre- yeah, yeah, screaming, and when, even people that sing more melodically, yeah. but like in that vein of someone you know, who understands stuff. that, like as opposed to when I did my high school band's first demo, right, and the guy recording it just like apparently looked at the guitarist and just went, "He's supposed to sound like that." <laughs> okay, cool, and then because he was just like, "I don't know," I what record classic yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she totally understands that whole. You know, the concept of screaming and trying to sing and scream and right. all these crazy things. So she's wonderful, but, you know, no, I never, to answer your yeah. question, I never took a lesson. Yeah. And Wait, but you were on that DVD? I was on I that have, DVD. I think I have that DVD. I, I, I learned, I, and I'm glad you brought this. This is a good, this is a good topic because yeah. a lot of people, there's a lot of confusion with this because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, so you've been going to, you know, singing lessons. I'm like, that's not really how it was. It's like, 
I learned the hard way. You right. know what I mean? I learned like, here, kid, here's a mic and <laughs> right. yeah, figure it out. Right. You know, my brother never sat me down and said, well, you breathe. And here, <laughs> you use your stomach. You do this. Uh, and, yeah. You know, because he never, you know, learned like that. I mean, he just, you know, created his sound by being agnostic front. Right. And just, you right. know. Right. Playing around with whatever, right. you know. <laughs> and probably trying to approximate some other band in his head. Sure. And then the translation. Yeah. Sure. The different influences from his life musically would some, yeah. you know, right. his interpretation of that. And I did the same thing. And I was just like, well, this is my interpretation of what, you know, here's what I'm going to do, you know. And, and so I would try to come with a deeper, like, you know, and it was, uh, yeah, it was just. You know, I was shredding my throat. Like yeah. I didn't know what I was like. Like those first records, terrible. I mean, I hate. The, I hate the way I sound on those records. I mean, <laughs> really, really, truthfully speaking, I hate, right. I hate. Oh, you're gonna be your own worst critic. I yeah. freaking hate it. I'm like, yeah. oh man, because I finally did figure out how to, you know, yell mm-hmm. in a way where it. Still sounds like me, but it's like more controlled. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, but I think you're not that blindly I, screaming. Not blindly screaming. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, and I'm not completely right. shredding my throat to where I'm spitting out blood. You know what I mean? Because yeah. so I always find the lower, but like when I do like the like a guttural, and, yeah, 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 guttural, or like the more like like my high school band, I got compared to like you know Paul Bearer vocals, yeah, like from yeah. sheer terror. Yeah, he was another big influence yeah, on me, Paul. I, and I would do those like brr, like voice, but that would kill my throat. Like yeah. I would be, I couldn't talk for two yeah. days if I do any high pitch like screaming, like black metal style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Well, like, that, what it, for some and reason, and that's what it is for some people. Yeah. Certain registers, certain notes, certain. There's more, you know, you you're more comfortable in certain yeah. ranges or certain areas. You know, but I didn't know about any of that technique. Yeah, well, perhaps yeah, there yeah. is a, a, a perhaps yeah. there's a worse gig story in here. Of yeah. is there a time that maybe you blew out your voice or something and just? I will say, I'm lucky enough that I've never fully blown out my voice mm-hmm. to the point where I couldn't continue to perform. Right. I've been pretty raspy. You know, I've gone into shows where, you know, I was my throat was pretty shot, and maybe I was sick. Right. Um, actually, one of the biggest shows I ever played in my life, and I'll and I'll touch on that. Um, was I was sick? I had like a cold, and I'm not making excuses, but it, it's the reality of the situation. But um, just to touch on the Melissa Cross thing real quick before we yeah. leave that mm-hmm. subject, I do want to say Melissa Cross is great. Yeah, I went to her one time with my friend Toby Morse from H2O. Yeah, he swears by her. You know, uh, you know, the tips that he's given her. You know, and he has his things that he goes, his routine that he goes through before he plays a show. And it really, you know, at the very least, psychologically helps him. Yeah. yeah. So I went with him that one time and she asked if we and she could record it. <laughs> and so here I am forever on this. Is this on YouTube? A, we may have to include a no, link. No, it's a video that's for sale. Okay. That's I bet around. you, oh, you it's an, find it. But yeah, there, I have the DVD There's people somewhere. that don't know who Madball is and have approached me. Right. Because they saw me on that video. Ah, okay. Right. It's weird. That's it. weird. And I'm like, yeah. But I never really, like, that's not the school I'm from. I don't really take <laughs> yeah. lessons. I only took one lesson. I did one yeah. lesson, and I was doing my Project <laughs> Hazen Street, which involved yeah. more singing. Got right. It. So I was trying to, like, expand my, you know, range, you know, my range yeah. and whatever, my, my, my technique and yeah. style and whatever. So I was trying to dabble in that a little. So I did go, and I, I was open-minded to it, and, I, and she actually did give me some great tips. But by that point, I had already figured out the screaming thing. Right. That's my point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But that, but but in the early days, I did not know a lot of things about how to control that. Right. And I mean, I still get hoarse, and I still. But um, 
one of the biggest shows we ever played. I was nasally, I had a flu, I had like the flu or something. I was like, I had a fever. Uh-huh. Uh, what was I, the show? It was actually Dynamo 1995. Oh, yeah. And this is going to yeah. go in my worst gigs uh, category. Uh-huh. And people are going to say to me, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> right. it's the biggest show to date that we've ever played in our lives. Wow. Really? Okay. Ever. There were 120,000 people in attendance Jesus. at Dynamo. And there was only one stage. So you were forced. It wasn't like a million stages, yeah. warp Tour, right. thousands right. of stages. Is this stages. in Europe? Or so? yeah, this yeah. is in Europe. Dynamo yeah. 1985. It was one of the bigger, first big heavy festivals okay. in Europe. Um, Up there with like Vakken. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was one of those. You know, it's, 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 it's. It, it, Dynamo's not what it was then. Now it's it's gone down. I don't even know if it exists anymore. Actually, mm-hmm. okay. um, but back then it was like one of the big European sure. festivals, Dutch based festivals, and yeah, I mean it was huge. It was massive. It, that 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 particular one was probably the biggest one they ever had, and by far our biggest show. You know, yeah. we're used to playing clubs. I mean, sure. you know, we're talking about we're Mad Boy. We're talking about playing, you know what I mean? We just <laughs> played Nags Head. You played Nags Head. Probably that same year we played right. Nags Head. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So we're thrown into this festival culture, I call it, in Europe, can, and, and it, which is a great thing. First of all, European hardcore scene is amazing. Let me just say that. You know, sure. we are talking about European yep. bands before, and like, I got to give props to Europe. European hardcore scene is right now Top, yeah. right. top notch. You right. know what I mean? Like they've really embraced what we do, what a lot of bands do from all over our country. It's a great scene, mm-hmm. and they have their own great bands. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just have to insert that. But uh, that festival culture for us was brand new, and we were just thrown into it. And I mean, when you look out there and you see just a sea of people, that in itself will kind of <laughs> bug you out. Sure. And then couple that with feeling like shit. Yeah. It makes for an interesting. It makes for an interesting day. You're also like seventeen or eighteen. I'm seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Crazy. Nineteen. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. And I just sounded like shit. Right. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, if you yeah. hear anything from that, if you if someone listens to that recording and tells me that I sounded good, they're lying in my face. <laughs> it, it, I, I sounded terrible. Right. Uh, and it had to do with the fact that I was. I, I was haven't sick. seen it, but you probably sucked. How does that feel? <laughs> I good? sucked. I sucked. I my voice was shot. I right. was nasally. <laughs> yeah. I felt like crap. My person, my 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 vibe was crap because Still I felt puberty, like crap. Like perhaps. <laughs> and I mean, you know, we were fine. Like we we already at that point had felt comfortable playing shows. Right. Uh, it wasn't like we were new to playing shows, but we were certainly new to festivals. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that was a massive one. Yeah. So we were like, you know, here you go, boys. Yeah. Right. Figure it out. Hoya's cord didn't reach his mic. <laughs> that's how inexperienced. That's how out of right. so, out of our element we you were. Don't think about. It. You're always like at the guitar center or whatever. And you're like, why would you have a 20 foot cord? We didn't have a wireless at that right. time. Like this was before we yeah. like Hoya started rocking his wireless right, and we right. got like hip to all that kind so of stuff. So we had like which a six helpful. foot cord. He played by his amp. Yeah. yeah we always <laughs> played clubs. So here he goes. Yeah. Like, he's walking to the thing. His cord unplugs. He's like right. <laughs> And he's got his yeah. hoodie And on. you're playing club shows where people are going to be coming on stage anyway, so like he's not fucking running into the <laughs> yeah. crowd, you know? The stage was 
as big as the club. Oh my god, <laughs> way bigger. Yeah. yeah, just the stage was yeah. way bigger than any club it, right. that I played. Do at you that remember point. at the time if it was the kind of thing? I know. If, I think if I was in that situation, and there have definitely been times I remember playing, and we just would play the songs five times as fast as they were recorded, oh, and they were fast an to begin with. Yeah. So they were just like, you guys are playing like Grind super fast, all kinds of push pull, all kinds of push pull things going on, too fast, too slow. You see me in the set and telling Willie my drummer right. it was the original lineup at, yeah. at that time it was Will Shepler on drums Matt Henderson Vinny was actually still playing with us ah. at the time mm-hmm. that's when I was like the AF wasn't playing at that mm-hmm. time so right. Vinny kind of came along with us and he would play with Madball yeah. and so that was during the Vinny period and uh, it was crazy man Vinny was like Amp was on 20 and <laughs> you know Matt's the lead guy and his is like lower than Vinny's <laughs> the rhythm like, guitar is right. kind of loud yeah. you know the only thing that saved us is we had a, our, our sound man Danny our Italian sound man um, I love you Danny he's an amazing <laughs> sound man he actually works now with like Hate Breed and other bands yeah. like he came from the school of Madball though let me let me be very clear about that <laughs> that was like his some of his earlier gigs right. and like he saved it he right. salvaged what we were putting out was pure shit. Yeah. But what he was yeah. doing out there on the boards was, you know, he was sort of saving the day for us out there. Not sort of, he was. Yeah. Well, because that's that other um, dynamic, too, you don't think about. Like, all of a sudden, you're playing this gigantic festival. Like, in, in some of the smaller festivals I remember playing, like, the, the way sound travels oh, sounds different. So even on stage, you're just like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I'm not even used to, like, because usually the way I always play is I want my amp as loud as possible behind me. Yeah. And I don't like to rely on the monitors. But when you're in that position, you got to rely on monitors. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? Everything sounds bad. Like, yeah. I sound like I'm playing weak. Yeah. Like, it's, you're it's, just like, it's, it's horrible. To be it's honest, horrible. to the guy in the 112,000th row, it probably sounds awful to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation. But it's crazy because yeah. it was a crazy experience yeah. to have. And it definitely put our band on the map with a lot of people that had right. never seen us before. Right. But you if know? you're saying that, like, uh, you didn't feel good about the show. I didn't feel good about it. by far the largest. When you come off stage, like, how are you reacting? And, like, had you sit with that for a while? I was, like, bummed, but, like, in awe of the amount yeah. of people that right. were there. And, like, we just played in front of a lot of people. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's going to, you know, yeah. resonate somehow. Right. Even yeah. if it was terrible, like right, people right. would say, hey, that hardcore band. And I think for a lot of people, like they hadn't witnessed New York hardcore yeah. really yeah. much before that on that level. Right. So it was like a, a lot of people love that show. That's one of those where yeah. people come up and like, Nine More 95 is when I got into you guys, or that's what put me onto this yeah. or that. Or, you know, <laughs> no people idea. that didn't yeah. even know about AF. Right. Yeah. Which is crazy to right. me, but it's that it, sometimes it's that way that's the kind of thing where i know that's i'm sure it's happened it's definitely happened to all of us where yeah you get off stage and you're just like fuck and then Whoa. some guy or whoever is just like that was awesome man and then oh, yeah. and you gotta you gotta just shut up and accept the yeah, compliment. Yeah, yeah. that took me a long yeah, time yeah, yeah. to you can't become that. negative nelly yeah. and then just can't I, dwell I, I, on it yeah. yeah i think i haven't stopped that i yet. mean yeah. Scott's I, like no you're wrong yeah. <laughs> and so so Clearly, you know, the story of you singing with Agnostic Front when you're, what, eight? Was eight? Or seven? Yeah, seven or eight. This seven, kind, I seven or it's eight. It's kind of a legendary story. Yeah. Now, I'm just curious. Like, you were, you were coming to New York, and you are hanging out with your brother, and you're playing, and like... Like where are you? Where are you sleeping these nights? Like what are you doing during the day? Like how does this work? Yeah, like I was saying to you before, yeah. it's... It, 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 <laughs> uh, 
if I divulge that, I might bring up my, bring up certain people right, up for criminal right. charges. We, we <laughs> don't, some we sort, don't of child, some sort of child abuse. What yeah. was happening? No, no, I, I, I'm kidding. You know, I was sleeping where 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 you know my brother and everyone lived. You yeah. know what I mean? And like when I mean everyone, I mean everyone because <laughs> my brother at that time lived with a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, right. he didn't have the money. I mean, we you know he was poor, man. I mean, yeah. we you know we don't come from like you know what I'm saying like. You know, very was very modest or? background. He he was living, I want to say at that time in Norfolk Street. Okay, which I can't remember if it was a squat mm-hmm. or somehow someone got you know was able to get into an apartment and like it was just like a million people living there. You know what right. I mean? Um, definitely, we lived on. My brother lived on squats on Avenue C. You know, I I you know. You know, throughout my teens, I grew up between B and C on right. 10th Street, right. living in a squat right. before I moved to Brooklyn. And so it's like, we definitely had that experience yeah, yeah. as well. There were some great, fo- there were just some squat photos that just came out. Like in New York Times, there was some like art, like article, but about like, I think it was like early 90s squat Absolutely, photos. Yeah. But it was, and I was like, oh yeah, look, there it are. <laughs> yeah, 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 we lived, we lived in those. And, 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 but in that, that first period where like seven, when I was like seven or eight and I came up, it was like, yeah, Norfolk Street is the one yeah. I, and I, I, you know, and that was an apartment or a squat, you know, right here in the Lower East Side. And, 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 uh, yeah, everyone lived there at one point. I mean, yeah. a lot of people from the scene, known, known, uh, names right, right. in the scene lived there. Right. Like guys in all kinds of bands that, yeah. you know, everyone would know, uh, at one point or another lived right. in that apartment. Yeah. So it's like kind of a, you know, infamous, famous kind of place, you know, within the scene. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so yeah. were you, uh, when you would come up, were you going to school at the time? Yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, at that time I was living in Florida and, um, you know, um, my family at the, by that point had, had gone, had relocated to Florida. I was, I was uh, born in New Jersey, but they went down there in like 80, 81 or whatever. And, um, so yeah, I was living in Florida with my mom and dad and my other siblings, but uh Roger was here. Roger was in New York and um he actually never went down to Florida. He stayed here. And um he was just kind of living on the streets. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. You know, he like you know, would live in a van. You know, he it's no he, you know, he had a van that they had that he lived in for right. years. He so had to like, clarify, he wasn't temping during the day and playing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, an agnostic yeah, front yeah. at night. Yeah. Yeah. He was on no. the street. Yeah. When I tell you, man, you know, that's the one thing, another thing that's like real authentic about the New York scene, you know, and I'm not even talking about myself. I'm talking about the generation before me. Like those dudes literally lived on the street. Yeah. A lot of those dudes lived in places like communal places where it's like it wasn't anything lavish about it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, uh, living in a van. You know what I mean? Like dudes were panhandling, doing maybe other things. Right. Whatever illegal or whatever to get by. So that, that was that lifestyle that, that, that's what was going on at that time. And I just came into the mix. Like my, I, I actually went up to visit, uh, some, some relatives in New Jersey. So there was an, civilized aspect to my trip yeah uh you know my my aunt had a place in patterson and i'd be there with my cousins that were similar age to me and i loved it there um and then roger would scoop me up and bring me to the city right and then that's where i was exposed to the new york thing yeah, right the new whole new york scene and it, it was just yeah it was a, it was crazy it was crazy but amazing at the same time and i was just like wow this is cool yeah <laughs> you I'm know, sure. this is cool. I, I'm down. You know, and yeah. I, I would panhandle with them. We would, 
I would sit there and they'd sometimes fall asleep, get drunk, fall asleep on a on a corner, right. and yeah. I'd just lay there with them and chill. It's like kind of crazy shit. You, but <laughs> I'm sure you were great for the panhandling though, because you've got a cute little kid. I like was, honestly, like it's just like I was six, you know. Excellent for the pain. I'm family. sure. And I bust their chops every day. <laughs> still to this day, still to this day, I was you like, I can't me. tell my brother, I can't believe you made me do that, man. I think he made my sister do well, it. Well, I, I think it's also interesting because, like I said, growing up on Long Island and like sure. overwhelmingly like white, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, especially the hardcore scene there, yeah. overwhelmingly white. Sure. But, and, and, you look at New York and I think that maybe it doesn't get enough credit is like, you know, like the ethnic makeup of like New York yeah. hardcore and that, and what that played into like, Kind of the passion, you know, Cuban, Puerto Rican, yeah, Italian. My, brother, my brother's like, born in Cuba, actually. Yeah. Right. He's actually Cuban. Right. You know? And clearly there are also some white guys running sure. around, too. But there's sure. like this... Crazy there, white boys. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like it doesn't really get talked about enough, like the kind of... The, the people that, you know... The melting pot that I, is the New York I, I'm, exactly. I'm in full agreement, yeah. man. And, and like, you know, like a lot of guys were skins, you know, skinheads. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, obviously skinhead is like one of those things where you hear skinhead and people automatically picture some, you right. know, guy yeah. with a rebel flag, right. Zeke Collins, dumb shit. Right. And it's like, we obviously know that there's way more to it than that. Skinhead yeah. culture is actually, you know, from Jamaica and from exactly. England. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, so, you know, that's just ignorance and just the media overblowing thing, you know, like taking elements of something mm-hmm. and like, you know, of course, just not a negative spin or not, yeah. not having right. a patience making it a political negative spin yeah. and just turning it into, you know, a stigma. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you say skinheads, like, whoa, yeah, oh, yeah. you Nazi, you know? Right. But it's touching on what you're saying with the multi, you know, uh, you know, cultural, multicultural, right. the, you know, the, 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 the many different, you know, ethnicities coming together. I mean, all the skins in New York were, you know, you had a Cuban guy an Italian guy, a black guy's uh, Jewish kid. You know, yeah. that's what it was. Right. That's what it was. You know, and if sometimes My one they... skinhead friend who was in Cheshire, Connecticut was a Colombian. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and if sometimes some guys wore some kind of shirt for like shock value, right. you know, that could always be misperceived right. as some sort of political thing. But that political thing never really gained any momentum in new york yeah. it just can't it just it's just right. it's it, for me i think it's an impossibility right you're so surrounded by you know this is you know everyone knows that this is yeah. like the the center of the universe sure, in a yeah. lot of ways man it's a, so multicultural and you know it's like uh, that stuff just there's no place for that in new york like right. you know just the you know things being one dimensional or you know what i mean one side so it's just like it's weird. It's weird that New York doesn't get uh, credit for 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 spawning, you know, uh, uh, you know. Forget the music side of it, but just having all these sure, uh, yeah, people from all these yeah. different walks of life yeah. that ended up, you know, trying to you know bring this movement forward. You know, if you can make it here. Yeah, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, you know, you chalk up from burn. This, you know, you have guys, yeah. all kinds of guys. You know, all kinds of you know bad brains. You know, what yeah. I mean? like, or even or, or, well, they're DC, but uh, New York. Half yeah. of the mad ball, well, between you and Hoya, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's, yeah, Does Hoya look like a white power guy to you. <laughs> he actually, people have actually called us a white power band. <laughs> really, <laughs> dude, we listen to we listen to Biggie Smalls and like right. we look like hip hop yeah. kids. Like we get confused for a rap band. Like, right. are you kidding me? Well, that's you know? that's actually that's a perfect <laughs> that's a perfect segue into talking about 
hip hop because there's so many parallels between especially like New York hardcore and hip hop and I and you have uh, you you do hip hop as well yeah. which is mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome um for for it just is that something that you were always coming up with listening to guy equal parts yeah. hip hop and and hardcore or whatever yeah i mean obviously i was more involved in hardcore and you know from a creative standpoint because mm-hmm. i just was kind of like thrown into it and then i just kind of ran with it kind of thing yeah family business (laughs) yeah it's actually a good way to put it but um yeah i always had a love and a passion for hip-hop yeah for the for the whole culture of hip-hop music everything you know when break dancing was big and i had all the you know suede pumas and the suits (laughs) and like i was big into that you know and even still i was living in florida but like i would come to new york and i would like absorb that by being in new york and seeing everything around me you know and my right. brother's not really funny thing is roger's not really big on on on, on hip-hop mm-hmm. you know he likes the old school stuff sure. don't let him fool you because he, he says a lot of sometimes he has you know he's been known to say negative things about right. rap you know certain certain types uh-huh. of certain forms of hip-hop but he he, he appreciates the old school stuff right. you know the the early stuff but yeah me me personally i really uh Fell in love with it early on. And did you, know? you have friends that were also into both things? Or did you have like yeah. your hip-hop friends and your punk rock friends? Both. You yeah. know, like, I want to say like, you know, in certain, in, like in Florida, I had it was more segregated. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it's like you almost felt like you had to pick one thing. Right. Like, you had to be like into rock or into, yeah. and that's kind of goofy. And it was just kind of awkward for me because I'm like, well, I like that and that. Right. Why do I have to have to shave my, I want to shave my head and like, Dressed like a skin today, but like I want to rock right. my pumas tomorrow. Like, right. I was just a kid, you know, like I'm into that. I'm into yeah. both things very much so. I'm right. very passionate and into these two cultures and yeah. movements, you know. Um, but not everyone, you know how it is as a kid. Not everyone's like that. But I feel like as I got older, I met people in New York that were very much like me, you know, very mm-hmm. like minded, like guys like Hoya, for example. And like, you know, because we've been friends since we were teenagers and, you know, my whole entire crew, you know, guys like Isaac and Toby and like a lot of different guys like that. They were like kind of similar age group right. to me, maybe a few years older, yeah. but like not as old as like my brother in that generation, you know, closer to my generation, I guess. And we were all very similar in that way. Yeah. Like they like loved hip hop. Right. And like, you know, we embraced both cultures yeah. and like. Well, you know, it seems like there's, you, you know, you can draw the parallels and especially with a lot of, you know, lyrically, you sure. know, survival. The street it's element. Kind of, it's yep. absolutely. Yeah. For me, it was always like, and growing up on Long Island, the early yeah. 90s, yeah. you also, you love hip hop as well. But there, hip hop doesn't have, at least at the time, that do it yourself element that yeah. like, oh, well, I can start a band yep. and just play as opposed to, well, I guess I could write some rhymes, but like, how do you, it's because it seems so far, and I think that's one of the appeals as, mm-hmm. as a white kid growing up in the suburbs of rap music. Yeah, you know, is that you can't really do it, or you know, right? And until really Eminem came around, like you couldn't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about third base? Well, no, okay. yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, Perhaps yeah. the third base. How's the pain? Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah no, they're, they're Beastie Boys. Of course, yes. All right, let me do <laughs> best example. Stricken that from the record. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? This yeah. idea that, like, you know. You could essentially start like a New York hardcore sounding band right. in your garage in the suburbs because right. all it took, not all it took, but you know, you get an amp, you, you know, sure. you, you yeah. learn how to do it. It's, it seems more attainable. Easy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. 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 I get, and, and, and for me, especially because, you know, because like I said, I was directly, I was already in 
the mix with AF. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you know what I mean? Because right. and the reason I say that is because I did always kind of have this, um, you know, desire to do hip hop. Yeah. You know, creatively to write and do that. You know, but I kind of had that same kind of like apprehension about it. You know, so did it start late? Did they it started write? late? Yeah. And I kind of re- I'm regretful about that because right. I'm like. You know, I could have written some rhymes, like yeah. you know. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have been as, you know, as good as right. You know where I'm at now in my life. You know right. where you know what I'm saying. But yeah, you know, and I was so, you know, tied into the hardcore thing already at that point that I kind of just. But then at some point, I was like, "Hey, man, I, you know, I really love this. I'm gonna right. try it out." You it's know what sweet. I mean? You like make yeah. these walls for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. You're like, no, well, this is what yeah, I. That's do. what happens. You build walls for yourselves, man. Yeah, yeah which you, is you, really. I do the yeah, same so, thing. Yeah. So um, another thing that I'm curious about, like, you know, Madball occupies um, like an interesting place in that you guys, just in terms of where you're, where the band is at and, and people know of the band and, you know, you can, t- I guess the, the, the question is like, is it the kind of thing that is like a viable, li- like, like you can, you can essentially make your living doing the band at this point? Yeah. I mean, now we can, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and you know, it's pretty amazing that we've gotten to that point. You know, it was a hard road. You know, I can't say that we've always been in that position. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? We worked hard to, to, to be in that position, you know. Um, you know, a lot of years of building a base, you know, yeah. and, and, and building a network, you know. But the fact that it's global really, you know, helps. I mean, if we relied, you know, no offense, but if we relied strictly on, like, the American hardcore scene. Sure. Yeah. We'd be out of a job. It'd be tough. Yeah. We'd be out of a job. And and I don't and I yeah, I love America. I love New York. <laughs> I love I, I'm if anything, I'm always trying to like, you know, there's bands that just don't even want to tour here anymore. Right. And I'm like, I'm still gonna tour here. Right. We're yeah. an American band, we're a New York based band, like it's it's shameful to not at least right. play the East Coast and go play the West Coast, something, right. you know yeah. what I mean? Like you gotta do something, but uh it's just hard, man. Hardcore, is, hardcore is hard. It's yeah. hard in the states, man. It's hard. It's Gas hard in the states. Gas is expensive. Yeah. Gas is expensive, and there's like People the whole fickle aspect yeah. where it's like you, you're, you know, one day you're trendy and cool, and if you're not trendy and cool, the next day, yeah, people aren't checking. You know, they're not really uh, fully um, investing in the culture. Right. Right. They're just like, all right, that's cool for now. You right. know. And, and that's not for every. I'm not saying that about sure. everyone. There's obviously a lot of diehards out there yeah. that that come through and represent all the time for years and years, and 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 I'm so grateful for that as well. But point being, you know, we've built we've built it up to a point where the fact that we have an international network, like that's what really um, makes it possible mm-hmm. for us to 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 like sustain ourselves yeah. with doing hardcore yeah. right i mean i have other projects i mean i have sure. other things that are music related too like right. you know i do black and blue productions my production company yeah. i do some management stuff like you know i got other things you but know. you're doing all this stuff that you want to be yeah. doing yeah, yeah. It, madball is a catalyst for all that did was there was Absolutely. there was there ever a job in the past maybe a worse job that you had to do yeah. at some a point lot worse. when the, <laughs> Uh, when, all yeah, the jobs that weren't all the jobs that from the earlier days is there now. one in particular that that um you know i had jobs that were like could be considered really i mean moving was rough i worked with a moving company mm-hmm. and you know what the, they, were, they were really the, the owner of the company and they, they're like one of the top-notch moving companies in the city uh-huh. and 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 you know they're they're like i mean they they 
they they're they're good at what they do, and they were always really kind to me. If I needed work, they would always give me work. And you know, when I was doing my music thing, they'd let me. You know, I'd be I'd go do my music thing. So, um, I'm real grateful to them. Personal touch. They're yeah. good people. Um, we'll put a but, plug for personal touch. But, <laughs> Work-wise, that's one of the worst jobs by far. (laughs) Moving other people's shit sucks. Because moving yourself sucks. Yeah. So imagine moving other people. And you're like (laughs) digging through their drawers. You know what I mean? You got to like box it. Because we would box stuff for them. Right. Move it like the whole thing. I didn't even think about that. Because I haven't moved in a very long time. And I always did it on my own. And like my, my wife's mother just moved and yeah. she i was like oh wait they have people like they come in and box it for you too yeah, yeah. it's like it's, that sounds it's not cheap. terrible yeah, it's yeah not no, cheap. yeah it's not cheap and since i have experience of doing it every time i move i never right call anyone because yeah. well i have the experience so i should be able to do it myself right and i grab a couple of my guys that right. some of the guys actually worked with me doing the moving stuff so Hey, we should be able to manage, you sure. know. But it sucks. It sucks. It takes it's years just, off I your life. I feel it every time I walk past a oh. guy, guy's moving. I'm just like, you're doing literally everything I don't yeah. want to be but doing. But not even right that. Now. Lifting yeah. shit that's heavy, then I'm gonna fall over, yeah. like hurt yeah. myself. In addition, somehow. you're moving. I'm sure at one point you're loading gear out yeah. of the van that's into yeah, the yeah. clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is my least like part of plague shows. <laughs> that's what it is. You said the whole tedious aspect and lifting yeah. aspect of moving is just horrible, but. I mean, I had all kinds of jobs. I mean, you know, people, I, I've said it before, like UPS, but that wasn't even so bad. It was kind of mm-hmm. cool. I would walk from the east side all the way west uh, to the UPS, the big UPS uh, yeah. uh, spot on, um, what is it, near Vary? I don't know. It's out there, out west. I would walk straight shot out west, and, you know, I'd go work, and it was cool. It was a, it was a learning experience. Yeah. You know, I worked as a longshoreman in New Jersey. I would, you know, jump on the Holland Tunnel and go over to, like, Bayonne area, and I would unload cars that came from all over the country and cars that were going to be shipped to like part different parts of the world. And it was cool, man. Like those jobs, you know, it was hard work, but it was a cool experience. I learned a lot. You know, I dug trenches in Staten Island uh, doing plumbing, you know, and I learned how to solder. And I and I actually was beginning to learn a trade. And then I. You got a trade already. Yeah. You got a trade. Well, that, well, that's just it. That's just that was just what I was going to say is like. You know, I was learning all these things, but music always, you know, uh, overrode all right. these things. You know, right. it was a priority. Like, I would leave a job in a yeah. in a flash if I got offered a tour. And, you know, that answer is like, you know, that's how it was back then. You know what I mean? Like, we obviously couldn't live off the band. We were doing these side gigs, whatever we were doing. Yeah. You know, you know, and then year, and later on, it was like security. I did a little bit of security. Like, I did different, did all kinds of odd jobs, you all know, kinds it's, of things. It's, it's funny that you mentioned security. I remember when I was in high school, yeah. um, there was a radio station in my high school. And this yeah. is when Victory Records was huge. You right, know, right. And I remember 1994. Right. And Warzone put out, or I think it was a re- or they put out a record on Victory. Yeah. yeah. I remember. And yeah. I... I had the chance to interview rabies. Right. It was a phone interview. Yeah. And, you know, this is... Rest I'm, in peace, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. But, you know, I was maybe 16 at the time and, you know, naive, not know it. And he was telling me, um, 
you know, that he was also, a, that he was a security guard. Oh, or, my God, for years, man. And he I, worked at Wetlands. He was a security, the backdoor guy for Wetlands all the time. Oh, He's really? the one that would let us all in. Yeah. But it was one of those <laughs> things. I love you, Ray. We never paid at Wetlands. one of those things hey, where go, it was like, Hey, Ray, what's up? Yeah. 50 guys. Yeah. <laughs> Not just me. It'd be like 50 of us. Shuffle, shuffle, yeah. shuffle, Guys from the neighborhood. <laughs> but it was one of those things where like, wait a second, you don't just Basically. play in a band and like roam the streets all yeah. day? You know, and that yeah. was right. one of the first yeah. times where it was I, like. He actually did that for years. Yeah. And he worked in different places. I want to say he worked at the pyramid like mm -hmm. he was known to do security like that yeah. was like one of his side gigs like his band was his band of course you know him from warzone and all that but he would like work the door at the pyramid and like at such and such club and like when wetlands started popping off sure. he would work at wetlands yeah. and you know me and my thug friends would come in and bombard <laughs> him and i love him he yeah. was always he was always real cool and real real nice to us man i've known him since i was a little kid so uh Just speaking like, of high school and I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, but that I, cause I remember this leads into that, that feeling of just like, oh, there, it's just going to be the biggest thing ever. Uh, I never, we never played with Madball, but we were supposed to, my high school band Switch Stance oh, okay. was supposed to play a show at the Tune In, <laughs> which might have yeah. been a worse gig Connecticut, ever. Connecticut, right? Tune yep. Yeah. Tune In, Fernando Pinto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 96, spring of 96. Wow. Uh, and it was going to be our first, or it was going to be our big show at the Tune In. Right. And then I couldn't big do it. Big show with us? Big were we show. The you guys were the headliner, <laughs> and my band was furious at me show. because I had to go on a trip with my mom or something uh, uh, that weekend. But like, it, and I remember like they were just like so pissed at me for weeks because <laughs> we were big. You know, we played in the New York, uh, Connecticut hardcore sure. scene. Jamie booked all of our shows. Yeah, Jamie from yeah, Hate yeah. Breed. And I remember when Jamie started booking shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. the you yeah. know the Godfather. I, there was one time he sent flyers from Europe to my guitarist. He's like, "Hey, can you distribute these?" Wow. Like, because he just wanted to. Get him around his skate shots, but yeah, we were they were so angry, and I don't even know if that show ended up being like a huge ah, uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then again, who knows? I mean, we, we we I can remember us having great Connecticut shows, yeah. and you know, and great you know Boston shows, like you know, in that time period, like there were some really good shows going on yeah. for hardcore man. In Connecticut the had good shows at that time. Yeah, for, Connecticut for me, was I mean, popping had, off. Jamie in the 90s. was booking at at. Yeah. Uh, the the bike exchange, yeah. The Maxalunas, uh, the 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 the. He did it all. Yeah, there was this gigantic uh, sports arena. Yeah, we played a show with Earth Crisis and Hate Breed and Marauder and Candiria. <laughs> And then someone pulled a gun, and then the show yeah, kind of went ended. downhill. But it was but a great show other than that. So I was I was looking at Madball's this discography yeah. recently, and something unusual for a hardcore band. I noticed yeah. that you guys have a greatest hits album yeah. out. A best of. It's actually a best of. A Let best me correct of. you. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> Allegedly. I mean, yeah. what, what's a best of? <laughs> yeah. Do you agree with that best of choices? Uh, I'm, it's maybe like, that's a contractual. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. We we were on road runner and like we decided to part ways and like that was kind of like we owed them a certain amount of records and they they pretty much did that uh for a lot of bands yeah. they did that with us i want to say they did that with like machine head and like mm -hmm. fear Factor. i think they did that with like all the bands from that same era that were either moving on mm -hmm. or whatever or right. didn't exist anymore had a large catalog yeah had a large catalog and like that was kind of their way to like well, because they make probably some money back, which I don't really feel like they had to make money back because <laughs> right. they made way more money than we did on right. all that stuff. But right. you know, another way to make money, let's say that. Yeah. Was that uh, was the Roadrunner contract? You don't have to speak of now, but was it was the amount of albums like a a huge amount? A ridiculous amount. Yeah. Like we were kids, you know, when we signed it, and like we used like Willie's uncle's 
cousin <laughs> as a lawyer <laughs> who had never dealt with a music contract. <laughs> right. And it was just like, well, we were like but, but he's States, a lawyer. Yeah. But, he's a lawyer. He's yeah. smart. He's smart, right? He's smarter than us. He's a divorce lawyer. He, he's going to know. He, yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of lawyer. But I well, think he's a lawyer. That's, yeah. He's you know, smarter than us. <laughs> Figure it out. It was similar to when we were talking to Walter from Quicksand about their, them getting signed to a, a just by virtue of the time that you guys were coming up. Yeah. This is all happening post Nirvana, yep. yep. post like you know Green Day, Offspring. So I'm a, I'm thinking that like post million dollar helmet. Exactly. All so, you know, you guys were able to kind of partake of that wave of like getting signed to the roadrunner was a was a was a big yeah, deal they're they're you know a reputable respectable heavy music label yeah for sure yeah yeah the biggest they're still one of the biggest in europe um and then they were like one of the biggest heavy music labels out i would yeah. say independently speaking they have you nickelback know? right <laughs> They did have Nickelback, yeah. but that was that was after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But only because I remember talking to that yeah, no, they guy did. once and kind of making fun of him. He goes, well, hey, "That man, was a big deal for, for them. every other record yeah, we got." Well, that's what it like, is. That's like, smart. They went to a different level once they picked up that band, you right? Because that band was obviously mainstream, like had some mainstream success, mm-hmm. and like you know had some pretty big hits. Um, but yeah, I mean, they had like Sepultura yeah. and like Machine oh, Head sure. and like bands that were like Shelter. Doing good. Shelter. Shelter on was on yeah. there. VOD's first couple yeah. of records, I want to say, which had a buzz yeah. at that time, and and I believe Although, had every album had the "Stop the Madness" imprint with the broken needle. But for, <laughs> the weird so, growing, yeah. growing yeah, up yeah, on yeah, yeah, again, yeah. that's how I would picture Roadrunner. Growing yeah, up on yeah. Long Island, like nothing beat that first VOD seven inch was like yeah. out of control. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Good called stuff. still. And no, then, no, yeah, man, still, I really still, like yeah. the never. Demo. The, no, the demo, all, all the of the stuff. Honestly, before the records were, I bought the demo for Rick to Life. At a distro. Was there music when you played it? Uh, was there- <laughs> it was, it <laughs> was a Radio Shack yeah. cassette, cassette that it took up maybe one quarter of one side, and then the rest was dead air. Classic. Oh, my God. Rick's Life, who also the only person ever bootlegged my high school band, Switch Dance's demo. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there as go. usual. And that I was sums like, him up. Yeah, and I was like, I don't remember <laughs> printing this on purple paper. <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is, Radio Shack cassette. Oh, and then you guys, you guys also did a record on Epitaph at some, uh, yeah. At some point. Yeah, we did... Um, Look My Way was the last record we did on Roadrunner. And then, yeah, I guess Hold It Down was the next one. So, yeah, that's the one we did on Epitaph. So from Roadrunner, we went to Epitaph. Yeah. And that was just sort of like a very turbulent time in our lives and uh, in our career as a band and also my personal life. It's a weird time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, we were transitioning from labels. And, yeah, we went through this episode (laughs) And uh, <laughs> it was it was interesting. What I mean, was, we never really got to uh, fully take advantage of the epitaph situation. Right. But I don't know that there was anything to take advantage right. of. Like I don't know that they were necessarily. It's one of those things you in. do. You sit there and you're like, oh, what could have? But like, yeah, if we yeah. were in different mind states, different. We were in a different mind state. If I hadn't gotten myself in, mixed sure. up in certain things, and if we had full, if we had toured the the album properly, right? Uh, maybe the. It would yeah. be different, you but know, and that knows? and that's an album that a, that a lot of us are are, are 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 one of the few that I'm proud of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you was, live in that world where most of the records you've got, like, ah, I got yeah, issues with this? Yeah, that's and, only one of the few ones that I'm like, okay, that one's okay, <laughs> that one's okay. But it's also, I mean, that speaks to the idea of hardcore in general, kind of being. It's about the lot. Li- it's about the community. It's about the live. Right. I mean, the records are great documents sure, of what sure. was going. on. And you want to put out a good. Yeah, you course. want to put out a good sounding record. Sure. There's no, you know. But uh, yeah, the live the element is, is big. It's, yeah, it's yeah. important. Um, 
Yeah, because it's kind of a what if with the epitaph and just kind of the way that punk and hardcore sort of exploded in you know the past decade. Yeah. Punk certainly did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that hardcore ever. Yeah, did. Got, yeah. But we were yeah. kind of like trying to ride the coattails sure, of this yeah. or that. Like, yeah. oh, maybe we'll ride with this camp. Got hate maybe breeds. we'll ride with the metal camp. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, but we you got hate breed, and maybe that's about it. But we weren't speed we to were, Jamie again. We weren't enough. We didn't lean. You know, we didn't appeal. To any any right. of those genres enough, right. I think to like you be didn't a part rip of off any the explosion. Right yeah. We weren't punky enough, <laughs> yeah. and we weren't metal enough. Yeah, we were just who we are. But you're mad, mad ball. ball. You yeah. know what I mean? And like Hatebreed, I think was enough metal more so than us and a lot of bands, uh-huh. but still had you know hardcore fundamentals. But like a very you know I love Hatebreed. enough to appeal to like the metal crowd. Sure. Which I grew is up with them, and I still love them. But still, the moment when I realized that one riff was the exact riff off of an entombed <laughs> song off yeah. of the Crawl EP, and I was like, yeah. smart guys. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, know yeah, smart. But also somehow, exactly at, smart guy. Yeah. At some point, guy. I don't know if you found it or you're influenced by something. Everybody's yeah. influenced yeah. by something. Yeah. But at some point, Max Weinberg's son, oh boy, joins the band. <laughs> yeah. just, just kind of like, oh, Bruce Springsteen's drummer, yeah. his son is playing in yeah. Madball now. Times have changed, right? <laughs> yeah. The fact that even Bruce Springsteen's drummer, you know, Max Weinberg's kid is even into hardcore in some, right. in some form, some way is, is pretty funny. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But yeah, that, that he ended up being a brat. Was it? Yeah. He was a brat. He, he was a brat. He didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't. I won't totally uh, well, trash I him. Well, I remember being been, at a master. I've already been show. called a bully <laughs> for a statement that I put out after we fired him. Right. And I wasn't being a bully. I was being honest, like, hey, you know, and I could have said a lot worse things. Yeah. Right. And I didn't because right. it's unprofessional. And can I call him a brat? <laughs> you can certainly call him a I brat. I think he might be a brat. <laughs> Listen, he's been in a couple of bands now and, right. he, and it hasn't worked out. So it's right. not just Madball. Right. You just have to feeling a certain way. It's one. not the tough guys from yeah. Madball. You know, he didn't do enough coke and that's why he's not in the band. We don't fucking do coke, assholes. Apparently, it's also not a genetic 20 thing. Years, 10 yeah. years ago, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's a family thing. Maybe Max is a brat. I don't know. I get the feeling Max is a I get guy. the feeling. I get that feeling too. I mean, there's a Fall far from the tree. Yeah. I've heard some things. Well, I don't know. Brat bequeath brat. No, but no, no. Bruce Springsteen's amazing. Yeah. You know yeah. what can I say? Well, okay. As we as we uh, to bring things kind of full circle, and I, I, here's a question for you: What is what would be something that someone would be, would be surprised to find out that you really like listening to, or that you're into? I don't know that it'd be a surprise at this point, at this point because I've been asked a lot, like, you know, by a lot of people in interviews and stuff like what I'm into. And I've always said I'm into everything, you know, so it's like, you know, yeah. you know obviously hip hop, that's a given hardcore stuff. Of, yeah. You know, of course, you know, the, I saw a video of you classic. singing to a Creedence Clearwater Revi- revival song. Love, that. Creedence, love, man. love, <laughs> love, love classic rock, love oldies. What do yeah. you, you think know? about progressive? Are you like prog at yeah, all? Now yeah. Now you're, you're going into to like Trump, Genesis. Yes. Early Genesis. Like, <laughs> I actually do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I do, and uh, I love Phil Collins. Yeah, yeah. Um, Simply Red, like I like all kinds, of, <laughs> like I like all kinds of stuff, man. I mean, if you just throw stuff at me, I, you know, I, I, I'm really, really, I'm actually really, you have an open mind, proud, yeah. of 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 that fact that yeah. I that I didn't just stay in one lane. Like, okay, I'm into yeah. this hardcore thing. Like, I'm just gonna listen to hardcore all the time. And, right. You know what I mean? Like, um. Proud that's that I was fine th- when you're 16. You yeah. know, again, you make when that you're decision. 10 or 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In but your even, case, when you're four or yeah. five. But yeah. even then, you know, yeah. I would have this, you know, I would look at this record collection at my house. You know, it was so eclectic. You know, we had all my brother's records, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Because my family always supported what he did, mm-hmm. no matter how crazy it was. My mom thought he was nuts. He had his whole <laughs> right. head face tattooed, everything. He was like, he's he's lost his mind, but he's my son. I love him. Right. He's doing what he wants to do, and uh, and 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 just in defense of my parents, they didn't know I was staying. Uh, I was panhandling. Okay. They can't be yeah. blamed. They can't be held responsible. My brother, different story. Okay. Uh, but but anyway, <laughs> but anyway. This record collection that was at my house, and I have to give credit to my entire family for my musical taste because my fa- my parents listened to Latin music right. almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. Couple of random things like they like Kenny Rogers or some yeah. random. Thing. But they were of the generation. They're from yeah. Yeah. Cuba, yeah, they, yeah. Right. Cuban and yeah. Colombian yeah. descent. So there was a lot of Cuban music and a lot of Colombian salsa and cumbia and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that music you know and that's you know i know people that grew up with that that hate it yeah i love it yeah i genuinely love that music so you can be into hardcore and still like cumbia or something you know what i mean and then i would have like rock Mm -hmm. and then like we would have freestyle which is like lisa lisa and the cult jam you know that was like kind of really like specific to like New York, Miami, yeah, like yeah, one right. other place, like right. Chicago like or mid something. Mid-80s, totally. Yeah. yeah, so it was like freestyle music. I had tons of hip-hop, Sugar Hill Gang records, uh, Curtis Blow records in my house, ones that I had picked up, Dougie Fresh. And then I would have like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and uh, Michael Jackson Thriller. Right. <laughs> and like just so random. And then my yeah. brother's records. Right. And then like just random records. That's what kind of kills me now is like my... Dad. Motown, you know, yeah. Motown stuff. My family listened to a lot of classic rock and like in a kind of rebellion against us. Like, no, 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 I don't like fucking yeah. Black Sabbath. And uh, like for a long time, yeah. like, I mean, until like I got out of my house. But like, you know, that was yeah. where. But now I'm just like, what was I thinking? Like, yeah, you know, I love Coldplay. Yeah. That might be one that all right. people, I don't, but I have said that already, so yeah. it's not like that much of a surprise. When Coldplay Phil Collins first, is good. I, I mean, now Collins. Jay-Z likes Coldplay, sure. so it's yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. I, I like Coldplay before Jay Z. I'm sorry, I'm not Jay Z, but <laughs> I like Coldplay. When, you're it, when it first dropped, I like Coldplay. Right. I might like Yellow. Boy and these guys were laughing yeah. at me because I'm watching Yellow on the TV and right. I'm like, that's a good song. amazed by it. And I'm like, and they're like, this sucks, dude. Right. And I'm like, this is amazing. Third and Eye Blind. Sure enough, yeah. Coldplay is yeah. Coldplay. Yeah. Third Eye Blind was the band that Third broke Eye Blind me was in, the, band. in okay. the van. We yeah, had right. once. I remember we wanted to sneak tour. I brought this up in my the old guitarist listened to the podcast and was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, he like put it on and I immediately turned off. I was like, I can't deal with yeah, this. Yeah. The one time I ever yeah. turned music on. And, and there's stuff I don't like, you sure. know, but I love female singers. A lot of people might not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I love like some of my favorite singers are female singers. Stevie Nicks, you know, of course, like yeah. the white witch. Amazing. A lot of, <laughs> you know, uh, have you ever Dolores listened to from Cranberries, Buckingham you know I mean? and Nicks, amazing. the first record. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. good. Ah. Uh, that everything, everything. Record is yeah, that, it's it, amazing. It, yeah. Anything they, anything they ever did. Was... What do your parents think of Madball? I'm sorry, if I'm, am I chewing and like making loud noise? No, 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 I'm, no, no, I'm chewing gum. I'm chewing gum, everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have been doing that. Um, we can do it all over again from the beginning. Yeah. If you want. <laughs> let, me get, let me spit this out. We'll start yeah. from the beginning. Um, they, 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 they respect. Like I said, like what my brother and I do, and especially now. Yeah. You know, like. Back when my brother first started, it was real, real wild, yeah. you know, and it was like there was no money coming in and they were in a van going to like the wild playing in like 
you know, opened up a a storage unit and playing in there. Right. And like my mom actually went to some of those shows. Ugh. So for her, that was a crazy experience. But still, she was cool with it. But yeah. now, now they, they were always they always backed it. Sure, right. they supported you. They guys. supported our creativity. They didn't understand our, it. They backed. They didn't it. understand it or didn't want us to have as many tattoos as we ended up having right. and all that. They creatively were always like, "Hey, do your thing," right. and that I respect them for. Right. Because they come from a different thing, you know what I mean? So I respect that. Um, yeah, no, they're cool with it. I mean, I don't, do they listen to, do they like drive around listen to Madball? No, but actually my father-in-law randomly will put like Madball on, like, <laughs> which he like doesn't, you know, he's not from that world at all, but he's an open-minded yeah. guy. But right. like, have they seen funny. you play? Yes. Yeah. My parents have seen me play and my, my in-laws like, yeah, yeah people have seen me play and they really, they, they actually, you know, appreciate. You know, what goes into it? What goes into it? You know what I mean? Like the, the work that's involved in it. You know what I mean? It's not just like, you know, I'm standing there, you know, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's like a sport kind of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, listen, you're getting hit, knocked over. (laughs) To bring this full circle, the question that we ask all of our guests, what do you think of the word gig? Gig. The gig, man. You know, I, I'm conflicted about that because I use the term gig sometimes, uh-huh. and then I sometimes feel like a douchebag for saying it. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. I just did. I just say gig. Right. That sucks. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But I don't know. I'm conflicted. Yeah. Like, I guess sometimes it's appropriate. Right. And sometimes it's like just douchey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the honest, the most honest answer I could give when you. When Agnostic like, Front is playing the storage unit, it's not really a gig. It's yeah. more of a show. Yeah. Right? yeah. But in that case, I guess it would sound better to say gig. Because storage unit su- sounds. Oh uh, yeah, if you're just saying shocked. exactly what yeah, they're it playing is. a storage unit, they're playing a concert. Now they're playing a gig over there. Right. Cool. That could. That's cool. Right. That could oh, be that's anywhere. Good. You can use gig to like like cover up elevate for a, yeah. a show. Elevate a show. Yeah. Exactly. In those times. Oh, you guys gig have more gigs tonight? Yeah, we yeah. got a gig. Yeah. Wink. When you're like, yeah, dude, I'm like gigging, you know, and like gig, gig, <laughs> yeah. this, gig, that, and like every other word out of your mouth is gig, and like douche, yeah, douche party, douche fest. You know what I mean? Like. I don't even like talking about like what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, I people ask me about, and I you know I'll entertain a conversation, but like I'm not the guy. I'm not that. I'm just that's me personally. I'm not that guy. I, I'm in this. I, I want to shut yeah. down every conversation. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I do stuff at a comedy theater. And I get awkward. Like, yeah, it gets awkward real, and yeah. it's on my end. I'm yeah. aware of that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, you know what? We never would have known if you felt awkward at all today because this was a fantastic. Uh, this was the, you, we, you yeah, guys. Well, you we, guys are great, we, man. We, you guys are cool to talk to, man. For well, sure. Well, we appreciate that. And listen, you got all of this stuff going on. Not even really sure where you live, but all yeah. we want you, all we want <laughs> Brooklyn. You. I always represent Brooklyn. No matter where I'm staying, no matter where I'm resting my head you in the world, there we go. I will always rep the LES Brooklyn. Shout out to New Jersey where I was born. <laughs> Shout out to South Florida because I rep South Florida as well. I mean, you know, you what all. can I say? I'm well, listen, all over the freaking place. Wherever you're going, just get home safe. Thank you, man. Worst gig ever. ever, ever. ever.